Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Indianapolis Supercross. That's right, folks, Indianapolis time to wrap that this thing up. Uh, BTOsports.com, the nation's leading retailer for anything you need for your bike or body. Use the code PULPMX to save yourself money. Of course, BTOsports.com, uh, proud sponsors of the uh, BTO Sports KTM team with Shorty and Brayton. Brayton should be back, I think, this weekend. And uh, Fox Racing, this podcast presented by Fox Racing, global innovation in motocross uh, racewear. Uh, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Full line of 2015 products out now, including that sweet retro gear. B3 helmet, airspace performance goggle, 360 racewear, foxhead.com, or visit your local authorized Fox dealer. All right, folks, let's get going on this BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. I'm Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line, he is uh, grinding away there at uh, Western Power Sports, to a former German Supercross champion, former Montreal Supercross champion. The man has held every number in the 30s in his career. <laughs> the Jason Thomas. Yeah, it's a, lot, it's a mouthful, but I feel like it's, most yeah. of it's true. No, I feel like I, all of it's true. All of it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Wygant is gone. Uh, we think he's on vacation. And we never know, though, because when he does go on these vacations, JT, it is just silence. Like, he he sees texts, but just silence. I don't know. Completely if, off the grid. I don't know if his wife just, like, does not let him even answer hello or anything, but he is just gone. It's it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. I think why, it is, why it's why a lot of on the front, like, it's, like, he actually likes his job, but maybe he just absolutely hates it. He hates everybody to do with it. So when he goes on vacation, he just zones himself out it's, completely. It's remarkable. That voice you hear, even though I did not introduce him yet, the Jimmy Albertson. Top Jimmy, what's up? Oh, not much. How come I didn't get a, a, long, um, a long one like JT? Uh, Jimmy Albertson, top Jimmy Albertson, uh, from Armor Energy, Yamaha, Fly Racing, um, 10-time Missouri State champion, uh, top privateer in the sport, uh, one LCQ over Ryan Dungey, um, the Jimmy Albertson. There we go. That's better. Is that okay? You get a lot of work. Did I miss any? Get there. Did I miss anything, JT? Uh, I feel like there are a lot of things you could put in there. So I have with a Montova Starcross one-on-one champ. Oh yeah, that's right, Montova. You won that. Yeah. There we go. Um, um Italian championship uh, around winner. <laughs> <laughs> 175 time Missouri State champ. Yep, ten times. I said that ten let's times. Not, let's find it crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, you, I'll m- definitely be on the Missouri State Hall of Fame. Most people like his wife more than him. The Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Albertson, Jimmy Lindsay, <laughs> Jimmy Lindsay. <laughs> oh, uh, the man, oh. 
the man with the sweetest cowboy boots in the pits. That's Greg. I love it. Yeah, Greg is. Greg, Greg um, those boots pack the gate so well, though. I mean, they're, they're multi-purpose. They're not just the looks. Well, Mine you... are strictly for looks. His are strictly for performance. <laughs> yeah, yours are looks. The, uh, the, the red, white, and blue on the, on the boots. Um, all right, Indianapolis, let's get talking about this. Well, no, you know what? No, let's talk about Jimmy first. Uh, Jimmy, you, um, you crashed pretty good in practice, went flying through the air. Um, guys putting your shoulder in medics trying to put your shoulder in. I guess they eventually got it in, but this might be, this might be the end of the season for you. You've been battling these shoulder stuff for a few years, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This has been, shoot, my first shoulder injury was 2008 and, then, you know, it's just they, they get worse and worse every time they come out. Like, all of a sudden, you'll go a year after your first one without coming out, dislocating. Mm-hmm. And then once it dislocates a couple times, and it just seems to dislocate all the time. And it's, it just gets worse and worse. And, yeah. and I'm to the point right now where it's been three weekends. And I'm three, three weekends in a row I've dislocated. And I'm not able to practice during the week, really. And it it's just... It hurts, and this last time that <laughs> it hurts. Um, this <laughs> this last time that I I they put it back in, I think it might have been a little. Maybe they put it in backwards or something because I mean I'm, you know, usually by a day or two I can, or even right after they put it in I can ride still, but mm-hmm. um, I couldn't even lift my shoulder away from my side, so um, there was just no way of me continuing yeah. on, and it was one of those things that. I've been wanting to have this done forever. It just hasn't been the right time. And, um, you know, I need it done on my left shoulder as well. And um, as it's, it wasn't almost, it almost wasn't like having an injury and getting hurt this weekend because it was something that it was like I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And it was easy for me to, like, grasp it because I knew that I was going to have to get it done soon and this is kind of just like the last nail in the coffin. And I was just like, you know what? I'm actually excited about getting it done and, and not having to worry about my shoulder anymore because it is, it's one of those things where I, I worry about even tipping over in corners and sliding out because yeah. I mean, just by slide, I mean, I'm just okay. Just sliding out in corners, just putting my arm down wrong. So, you know, it's, it'll be nice to have it fixed. Yeah, uh, JT, you've avoided shoulder injuries your career, but there's certainly tons of guys out there. The same thing, Jimmy. It, it does eventually always catch up to you, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I'm really close with Robbie Raynard here in Oklahoma, and, you know, he was the king of shoulder injuries in the 90s. <laughs> he was. So, uh, he was. You know, he um, he – he gave me some advice back in 2011, but me and my me being the you know a kid and mm-hmm. not wanting to take the time, I I obviously didn't take it, and you know, not that I regret it now. I mean, for for what I do, like I I I had to keep going. You know, at the time I didn't have anything and mm-hmm. pay bills and yeah, and to keep rolling. You gotta you can't you know be down for that amount of time. But um, yeah, I figured. With the position I'm in right now, having the team and having another rider, and um, you know, obviously I got some talking to do with sponsors this week and seeing what they want to do going forward with the rest of the season. But having Mitchell, it's it gives me something else to do other than just um, just ride. So um, right. it'll be good for me to get healthy and get ready to go for next year. 
Well, JT, you can hash us out right here on the line. Fly Racing and Jimmy, you guys can hash us out right here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, not my deal. Not my deal. I mean, yeah, I, I, I want Jimmy to do whatever's best for Jimmy, but that's would, not my call either. Would, so, Would you get them both operated on the same time? I don't know. Is that how that works? Yeah, I'm going to try to. I see the doctor in the morning. Okay. I didn't know how. Yeah, because so, so, so then how will Georgia will have I to. I know. How Georgia. am I going to wipe my butt? That's the, big, that's the million-dollar <laughs> question, right? <laughs> Life, the life. That's why you get married. It's really perfect. Georgia's into that, anyways. So right. Really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, hey, uh, all right. Let's move on to Indy. That's a bummer, Jimmy, for sure. Uh, you're gonna help us break down Indy, though. You were watching from the stands in, in your sling. So, um, I yep. guess first of all, JT, I was a little bit disappointed because you know the track map was the same as as Atlanta and as Dallas. Yep. And. So I was a little bit bummed out, and it wasn't much different. But you know what? In the end, I think it was fine. The, the softness of the dirt, the ruts, and then, you know, you had some different obstacles. Like The rhythm was pretty tricky. Um, it actually turned out to be a pretty good track. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. You know, the, the biggest thing, like you were saying, it was a little bit disappointing to have the same basic design, uh, trip in the same spot, whoops in the same spot, rhythm in the same spot, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just feel like they could be more creative. You know, I don't feel like that's too much to ask, but at least the dirt was soft enough where it, it, the track was different and had it, it obviously looked really challenging. So, I guess that was uh, yeah. kind of saving grace a little bit. Yeah, it it, it 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 was different. You know what I mean? It, it it was the same, but yet different because it did provide the guys a challenge. Um, Jimmy, did you ever? You only you crashed in the first practice, so you didn't get a chance to really ride the track too much. I, but, I crashed in the second practice. Oh, was I it the second? The track was, okay. It was, I mean, it was all right for the layout. You know, it was the same basic layout. What they, it's just, it's a shame because what they end up having to do is they have to really um, make funky obstacles on the track to slow it down um, um, to make it long enough. Yeah, like know? those I mean, those two tables before the finish. Like what, what exactly was going on there? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I, when I was watching up in the stands, um, you know, you'd think somebody was a lot closer to the, you know, and I'm like watching, like, oh man, he's catching them. But then you realize that they got to hit those two doubles before the finish line, and it takes them like, <laughs> it takes them a good 15 seconds to go down a straightaway. Yeah, because they're they're just having to stop and stall, and you know, it kind of sucks. I think it, it keeps the pace down a little bit too much, and which you know, it's just it's gonna happen. The 450s are so fast now. You know, if you build a rhythm section that's not steep or like walls, you're just gonna go, you know, well, go right through it. So, having, and it's funny because they can't even build a rhythm section that are steep because they know guys will just quad and yeah, crazy. So they're, they're trying, but it, I mean, it's my tough. whole thing is that that map is gonna be a fast track unless you throw a bunch of walls in like they did. Well, having said that, uh, JT, it was still 51 seconds, even with those, like Jimmy said, with those um, with the walls, with the wall, 51 yeah. seconds. I mean, um, yeah, and I think, you know, 50 seconds, right around 50 is pretty much the norm anyway. So uh, I think it's – we're lucky if we can get 55 or up. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think 50 or 51 is pretty, pretty standard. Do you think – Yeah, I mean, you, think about if there was no walls, though. I mean, oh, or the yep. funky doubles. I mean, it had been a 45-second lap time. Hey, the, the, the thing, Jimmy, the thing after the finish, the left-hander, then the wall, and then maybe five, six guys were, were – we're tripling that thing. I don't think they meant for guys to do that. No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> at first they didn't, but it broke down after practice. And yeah, um, 
but there's broke down during the day and that that's exactly on track walk what i thought like it's gonna break down we're gonna triple it and but there's a perfect Obviously, example. I didn't make it far enough to where it broke down. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But there's a perfect example, you know what I mean, of uh, them building something and then just 450s and skills of the rider are like, oh, yeah, check this out. You know, like yeah. they meant well. Um, you know what I thought was almost going to be possible during my practice, but they must have fixed it, was they had to sand before the big wall and from – from people, and they had like two little rollers, and from people rolling down that roller, it was building the sand up, and mm-hmm. it was getting close enough in the in the second practice that, I mean, you know, if they wouldn't have prepped it, I I thought that guys were going to start trying to jump off the sand and clip over the, the roller onto the start straight, but right. they must have fixed it before it got too built up. But that was something right. that I saw back in like I think it was Atlanta in two thousand eight. Reed Reed went over the sand wall like that, or the wall, mm-hmm. trying to jump over it and clipped it. But um, you know, yeah, that's that just goes to show you, like, dude, people are gonna find a way to go faster on these tracks, no, <laughs> any way no. they can. Uh, pretty much right when Ryan Dungey got into the lead, he won his third race in a row. Uh, he hasn't done that ever in his career. He's got almost a fifty-point lead now in the series. And JT, when he got in the lead. I mean, the guy doesn't make mistakes, so he gets the start, gets into the lead. It's over. He doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, that's what uh, I was talking to some guys after the race about, and you know, they're like, well, he's, you know, he's winning all these races. And I'm like, well, you take a guy who doesn't tend to throw races away and you put him in first or second place on the first lap, what do you really think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not yeah. a tough equation to put together. So nope. these well, guys, if they want to beat him, they've got to they've got to start with him. They've got to put themselves in spots to either be right on him or ahead of him on the first lap. Or you know, it's going to be tough. What do you think, Jimmy? Or at least not in fifteenth place and laying on the ground on the first lap. Because in my mind, the two guys who are his big competition right now are Kennard and and Tomac. And yeah, you know, when Tomac's laying on the ground and Trey Kennard is literally like dead last at the start, it's it's you know forget about it you're not gonna you're not gonna beat you're not gonna beat ryan dungy you know a guy like uh a guy like Sealy maybe give him a run for a little bit but mm -hmm. i mean he's not gonna you know in a 20 lap race it's it's gonna be tough for a rookie like that to take down ryan dungy so the you know right tomac's gotta stay off the ground and trey's gotta get some better starts or else it's just gonna be this every weekend you know (laughs) i uh I thought Tomac was coming around and figuring it out, but his crash, JT, was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, he's kind of been doing that all year. But but <laughs> no, but I mean, he'd come off a couple couple runner-ups, you know what I mean? He, he looked like he'd, you know, maybe figured it out or something. I don't know. No, I know. It just, but it's, you know, that's the reason he's not in the championship hunt is crashes like that. Yeah. So yeah. it was surprising, but not really because right. we've just seen it. We've seen it way too many. I mean, the first race of the year, that's exactly what he did. You know, it's yeah. just that that's uh-huh. what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought I had him pick for the win. I thought he could do it. I thought, I thought that because he did well last year there and the yep. ruts and the, the, you know, I just thought that kind of suited him. He could, could really manual his bike, could really put it where he wanted it. And yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he put on Instagram after the race. I mean, so frustrating. I agree. Well, he, yeah. he did pass Dungey on like the last lap. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. What obviously that's against sort of rider etiquette, Jimmy, to do that. It's not because he had a what? group of riders and he had a group of riders in front of him that he could have possibly passed in the last lap for more points. 
Um, I think if he would have been way, way behind the next group of guys, he wouldn't have done it. But no. I think he looked forward and was like, man, I could possibly no. catch a couple more guys Look, in this last lap. Jimmy, I know you're a racer. You raced, and I have four Manitoba titles. That's a, that's not cool to do. If you're no, it's, it's, you know that's completely fine. To no, do, it's not. Know? It's no, like, it's to you put think, heat. You think Eli Tomac gives a shit no, about Ryan Ben. No, of course not. No, he doesn't. No, 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 no. Eli does not care. And he picked off five guys. I looked at the lap chart. He picked off five guys in the last like five laps, um, probably from that move. Don't you let him by? Oh, well, so. eventually, eventually he had to. <laughs> Well, just, the last lap he didn't jump the triple. Like, I know. He, he basically moved over. No, but I'm saying that's – I don't think that's cool to do. Well, did you listen to Dungy's podium interview? No. He basically said, you know, that Tomac did the right thing. He was super respectful. He had the inside a bunch of times, and, he, you know, he didn't make a move. Like, Dungy right. seemed more than fine with it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He, look, look. I think he handled that better than anybody could have handled that. No, <laughs> like, I, you know, like, I definitely saw Eli check up once where he was like, he yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what Dungey was saying. He's just like, man, he really could have, he could have got me a bunch of times, but he waited. You know, he didn't do anything stupid. He knew that he was a lap down. So I just think it's a little bit of an etiquette where it's like, like he's putting heat on Dunge eventually. Well, he's got to go. Like, what do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like, he's racing too. I know. Okay. Yeah, so, he's trying right. to get as many points as possible. Right, I hope this happens one day to Chad Reed. We'll see how he No, acts. I think I think uh, if he would have went in there and forced the issue, you I, know, like not hit him, but even just force it, I think that's, you're maybe crossing the line a bit. But he was about as nice as possible. Like, I don't know how much nicer you could be. Okay. No, it's, I mean, I, in my mind, uh, if, if he was a, he was a bit too nice, you know. Like, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how much more he could have waited in that spot. You know, I think that he could, if he could, have, if he would have just blown around Dungey, then people would automatically they throw the blue flag so early mm-hmm. they would have automatically thought that he was the leader. No, look, look, and, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, if I'm Eli Tomac, I don't care. I'm doing exactly what he did. Okay, like I'm not saying, I'm saying like sort of like from a rider etiquette point of view, like he was putting heat on Dunge to where Dunge could have made a mistake and crashed or whatever. Like, are you saying if it would have been just better for him to pass him right away? Yeah, or pass him and just take off if you're faster. You know. Okay. Um, I, I see it that way. Yeah. I, I just, I just it. felt like, like pushing him, like pushing Dunge, and maybe Dunge wasn't even being pushed because you know what I mean. Like maybe if it got to that point, he wouldn't. I, I just thought like I'm like wow, that's just, it's just, you know, it's just ballsy. Yeah. Well, what, yeah, what was your, I, you know, I guess you may have answered it a second ago, but what, what is your ideal situation? Just try to go around him however possible and go? Yeah, get by him. Well, I don't think him. Dungey was going very slow. So it's not like he's just going to half-track him once he gets by him. Like, yeah. Dungey wasn't going that slow. What if yeah, he won the race? What if, what, yeah. if, what, if, what if Dungey makes a mistake from Eli putting heat on him and throws away the race? Or whatever. Well, I think I think Dungey was smart enough to know that Eli was a lap down. Yeah, I would hope yeah. so. I would think so. So I don't think he really cared what Eli was doing. As long as Eli doesn't go in there and knock him off the track or knock right. him down. And I don't think he I think he's experienced enough and smart enough to just do his own thing. And to be fair, yeah, Eli did check up a couple times for sure that I saw, you know. So it was weird. Um let's talk about Kennard. So Trey goes out and he just cartwheels in practice. And his bike is all bent up, he told me. He went to the mechanics area. He uh, ripped off his visor and tried to straighten his bike, although he said it, it wasn't perfect. And then he goes out and gets the second fastest time. 
Yeah. Then he falls in the heat, in the first turn of the heat, comes way back, but he has to run the semi, and his gate pick isn't that great. And then he comes from way back to third. It was an eventful night, Jimmy Albertson, for Trey Kennard. Yeah, it was. I mean, in in it was just full of – there's really only one way to stop his night, and it's bad starts. I mean – yeah. Um, you know, I don't say anything because I know it's a problem like right now and they're trying to address the issue. So I don't want to be that guy. You know, whenever you're a top guy like that, everybody is just like, oh, well, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. And like, right. you know, he's trying to address it as much as possible. I don't want to be the guy, you know, sticking my nose in there on, on the situation because it starts during the week. Look great. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched him last week and, was looking killer coming off the gate, like. But then you watch him, even when he was lined up outside with slower guys, like you watch them, him just get like, you know, yeah. ruined off the start. And it's, um, I think it's just one of those things. He'll, he's just going through kind of a bad start phase. <laughs> you know, like I, I hate to say it, but I, you, people kind of do that. JT, that was impressive though to probably get your bell rung, eat crap in practice. Go out there with a bent up bike and get second fastest time with no visor. That was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. Do you are you not familiar with Trey Kennard or no? Uh, what he does or who he is? No, I'm very familiar, but that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. And to and to just go back out and get the second fastest time, almost the first. Uh, I just was like, wow, that's 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 gnarly. Yeah, I mean, Trey. If there's anything that Trey is, he's he's not scared. Like no. he's. He will go for it in any situation if it's at all possible. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it was it was pretty pretty uh, impressive. But like you said, uh, like Jimmy said, JT, he just him and Eli are just saying here, Ryan, here, Ryan, here, here, take it. Well, take yeah, it I don't think they're trying to do that, but no, you know, that's what they're doing though. I think Dungey's just uh, he's just doing everything right. You know, the other guys are. I mean, unfortunately, you know, like Villapoto, I think did the same thing to Dungey. Dungey would have bad weekends and bad starts, and Bill Poto was just, yeah, okay, I'll pick up those points, and I'll pick up those points. Yeah. And basically, Dungey's just doing the same thing. Because yeah. Trey, it's not like Trey's doing bad. I mean, he's getting third. Oh, he's fast. He's ripping Yeah, I mean, he's getting on the podium, even though he you know, started behind, way behind. He still got third. Yeah. So it's not like he's just giving a ton of points away, but the same thing that used to happen to Dungey, you can't get second, third. You, have to, you need to win some races. Jimmy, um, I worked for Red Dog. I don't know if you've heard of that before. I, don't know if, I might have mentioned it no. a few times. But, yeah, he was a bad starter, and we yeah. we would go to the test track. And by the way, he's Trey Kennard's coach. So yeah, I know. That's what... <laughs> um, but we would go to the test track, and I mean, I'm serious. We would go through two to three clutches in, in a day, two stroke, four stroke, practicing starts. I'm working the gate. I'm dropping a rock. I'm packing everything. He's doing. And they look great, and he and he's you know he's right he's doing starts with Yogi, he's doing starts with Villaman, and he's right there. And then he comes to the races and he sucks balls. I've always believed, like like it's in your head. It, it, the bike is fast enough. We know that. We know he's not scared. Those getting bad starts repeatedly is in your head. You start thinking too much about wrist, foot, RPMs, head. Uh, uh, shifting, um, you start thinking because you want to get such a good start. And Alessi probably just goes up there and is like, hey, I got this. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. Do you agree with me? No, I mean, it's definitely a confidence. It's definitely just a confidence thing. And I, I think I it think is. I think with Trey, he's finally got all the pieces in place to win the championship. 
and it's almost like it's it's scary because the one tiny thing that should be the easiest thing, you know, he's pulled plenty of hole shots in his day, um, is is holding him back, and it's like that. For, it's 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 probably really frustrating to him. Not only holding him back, but it puts you it puts you at so much more of a risk risk too um, for the rest of the night because you know, for crashing and anything like that. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's frustrating for him, but I mean, yeah, he just needs to, he just needs to get his confidence back you right. know, and, uh, on, on the starts because I, like I said, and like you were saying, you practice starts with Timmy during the week. His starts look great during the week. It's just, you know, getting up in line and saying, screw all these guys. I'm freaking ripping this whole shot, you know? Right. Uh, JT, we live in a world where Weston Pike wins four for the heat races, runs third, gets fourth. This is just what he does. This is just what he does. It's what he does now. I mean, you watch him, and it, if you didn't know any better, you just like, oh, yeah, he's one of the top guys. Yeah, yeah, you no, know? no, yeah, yeah, there he is. Because he's doing everything yeah. right, like he's <laughs> right. crazy fast in the whoops. He actually might be the fastest oh guy gosh. in the whoops right now. He was the fastest guy in the whoops last night or two yeah. nights ago. He was, so, yeah. it, you know, there's nothing really that he's doing. They're just like, oh, wow, I can't believe he's doing You're just like, ah, oh, he's just that guy now. I don't know it's how just, this happened or how he what kind of world pulled this are, off. What kind of world are we living in? <laughs> that's reality. Crazy, huh, Jimmy? How far this no, yeah, is going? It's so crazy. Because, I mean, I'll tell you right now, there's there's a lot of team managers out there that definitely had phone calls from, from Lou Pike more than once uh-huh. um, asking for his son to be on the team, and now they're they're out doing that. So, I mean, he's riding awesome. There's no doubt about that. And there's, you know, Especially if you consider all the injuries he's had this year, and he's still out there doing yeah. that, it's pretty impressive. No doubt. Uh, Chad Reed, JT, crashing again early in the race. This is three straight races. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. You know, Trey, it's happened to Trey a bunch this year. Tomac, Chad, I mean, they're, you know, they're all kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. So I yep. think all of those guys are capable of being on the podium at any time right now, the way they're all riding. And But you, you can't, yeah. can't uh, you know. It what a, kind of works both ways. You got to put yourself in good positions, and you certainly can't shoot yourself in the foot. So. JT, very eventful weekend for fly racing. You you got the canard stuff. He was a, talking, being talked about nonstop, and balls out fast, and and crashing, and whatever. You got Pike winning the heat race, running third for a long time. Shorty hole shot led you know led a little bit, then was up there mm-hmm. forever. A very eventful re- weekend for fly racing. And then you had yeah, I mean, oh, and then, oh, and then on, and let's talk about the back we end. Have the most spectacular crash. Uh, with Jimmy the, the right in shot. there, right? Jimmy, um, Jimmy's crash, whole shot, covered. whole shot, heat race win, yeah. fly racing, just really making making uh, impacts everywhere on the ground. I was helmet testing. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I believe Dusty Pipes is a fly racing rider. He Cor- is. Yeah, so you and got congrats. Deuce in the main too. Congrats to um, those Dusty Pipes. That's his first ever main event. That's good. I like Dusty Pipes. He's a good dude. Um, and and the seven deuce deuce putting it in. So. So, good awesome. job, good job by by those guys. Um, hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, well, Shorty's whole shot. Obviously, that's he's pretty phenomenal on his starts right now. This is a little ridiculous. With with uh, yeah, that the situation with the bike for both he and Dungey, um, whatever they're doing with the bike is is working. I mean, it's those two almost every single time, and yep. Muscan on the two BDF as well. Right, and just every time. Well, um, pretty incredible. There was a string of what nine straight hole shots by two of these Husky or KTM, um, and oh, just wow. just broken this weekend by Tony Archer, I guess. Or no, no, uh, Bogle. No, yeah, somebody. No, Gaines. Nick Gaines. 
He holstered the main? Yeah, Kane's got the holster. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, hey, also, too, let's, uh, let's touch a little bit on uh, this Baggett-Anderson thing. Um, so they've got beef from somewhere. Do you guys know what happened before Indianapolis? Somehow they. I thought they got into it at Daytona. They did. I they heard. did. Yeah. Okay. Was it something else or so in practice? So I don't know what happened in Daytona between them, but yeah, they got into it. Let me ask you, Jimmy, from a rider's point of view, like, don't you sort of just leave it at Daytona, or do you go into Indianapolis like Blake Baggett, thinking I'm going to get you again? How does that work? Oh, yeah, you, it's, it's over. You know, he's the moment's gone. You're not. You know, it shouldn't lead on into the next practice, if you ask me. You shouldn't go out of your way for stuff like that, you know. Right. Well, um, Baggett went out of his way. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I owe a lot of slack at Daytona for um, taking out Chisholm, but what people didn't see was he came in the corner before, and I was for sure that he had broken my hand because he hit me so hard in the corner before. Right. And um, I'm pissed off, you know, so I'm not, you know, yeah, I go to the inside and still make the pass the next corner, but right. through that, I'm putting them on the ground, you know, like, uh-huh. it pissed me off. And, and am I mad now about it? No. I mean, I got over it real quick. You know, I was right. fine by the main event. I really didn't, didn't care much anymore. And if I saw Kyle, you know, if I saw Kyle right now, no big deal. Yeah. But- um, you know, you don't you don't hold grudges for that long, especially, you know, in this sport where you know that you're going to be hitting each other all the time. Well, and then, so Baggett goes out in that first practice and he cleans out Anderson. There's no doubt. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw a video of it. It It's bad. Right. So then Anderson, they, they have a red flag for, I don't know for who, some, some guy laying on the track, right. Some idiot lying on the track. Uh-huh. They have a red flag, and then uh, did you see Jimmy? What 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 Baggett, What Anderson did to Baggett off the restart? Did I? Yeah. No, I was hanging out with the Asterix guys. No, I would have thought you might have saw it. Here, let me send it to you right now. You're on your cell phone, so you can't see it. But uh, yeah, well, so, actually, I can do two things at once. I got this. You know, I don't have an iPhone. I got it. Well, JT, you saw it. So, so they they went, they went to go do a practice start, and Anderson just like just went clipped and on purpose hit Baggett's arm and knocked. Knock Baggett over on the restart. Really? Knocked yeah. him on the ground? Knocked him on the ground. Um, what's your take on all that, JT? The the Baggett move and then Jason doing that and Gallagher? Well, what? I met, you know, when I saw the Baggett-Anderson takeout, I wasn't sure if that was just, like, it just started there or if they kind of had something going on earlier that lap. Uh, that That was kind of the question for me was, did they get into it earlier that lap? And then Baggett was like, you know what? I'm just going to end this right now. <laughs> so I still don't know fully on that. If that was unprovoked and uh, Baggett was just like, oh, oh, there he is again. I'm just going to hit him. You know, then that would have been completely out of line. But I have a feeling that something went on earlier in that lap to kind of rekindle the problem because it was, it was pretty intense the way Baggett went at him. So I just I don't have a feeling that he waited a whole week and calm down and all that, and just like, oh, yeah, you're going to die now. You know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that happened. I don't see that out of Baggett either. No, that's that, it would be very uncharacteristic. I think something had to go on that we didn't see. So, yeah, like he's pretty – So he's pretty – keeps himself when it comes to that type of, you know, yeah. Well, listen, there's been a few guys who haven't been that pumped on Jason Anderson. I don't know how much – if you guys heard some guys yeah. mumbling. No, I, but, I, I know for sure. Yeah, so – um. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But again, so what do you make of John Gallagher, FIM, sending them both home 
in the middle of the practice or with two minutes left or whatever. That that was kind of weird. Hey, Black uh, it's probably par for the course. Well, yeah, Gallagher pulled over pulled after Anderson did the restart. He pulls pulls them both over and sends them both back to the truck. You can't go to your room without finishing practice. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all right. Um, I thought it was pretty silly that then Anderson puts the video of Baggett taking him out. Yeah. And then oh, just says, oh, they wouldn't even let me ride me practice. What do you guys think about that? Like, yeah. Like he had no, no other involvement whatsoever and didn't do anything. Yeah, just, that was. Yep, this is all that happened. Right. That, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. It's like, come on, Jason. I like Jason Anderson, but come on, man. Show the other video. Right. Show the other yeah, side. Just, I don't like that. Um, and then did, what about Anderson's pass on Weimer? He was like, I tweeted out. He was very angry. His pass on Weimer, that was dirty. That was full takeout front wheel done on the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. But, yeah, it was. Uh, like, I mean, that wasn't a block way pass. Way over the top. Oh, absolutely. Did you see it, yeah. Jimmy? I didn't see it. What, what race was that in? It was in the heat. This was this weekend. Yeah. yeah, in the heat. Oh, it was in the main this weekend? No, heat race. No, in the heat. Heat race. Oh, heat race. Yeah, I didn't see the heat race. He came underneath Weimer, went right for his front front wheel, and took a Jake down. I, I, I mean, it was dirty. So, yeah. Well, you know how they had a couple lines coming out of that turn? Because basically you could before the all the rhythm. runs for him to go three out of the turn or then two, three. Um, yeah, it was right after where you right after where you went down. Uh, uh-huh. Well, Jason just basically jumped like two ruts to to get to Weimer, and then just basically just cleaned them. They both ended up going down, but it was yeah. stupid. Yeah, it was. Oh, shit, it yeah. was. Um, Jason Anderson was very. I'm not going on. Yeah, this you don't cross over ruts to clean people out. No, I don't it know. Well, not good. He got his first non top ten finish this weekend. So, crash and hit eventful weekend. Jason Anderson. Um. Mm-hmm. What else? What place did he get? Uh, he ended up getting 17th. 17th? Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, Weimer got back there. Millsaps, maybe Millsaps' best race of the year. And he he did tell us, JT, that look for me to be better from here on out. I figure I'm, I'm 100% and, and my, my illness is gone. And fifth place, David Millsaps. So. Yeah, it was good. And I, th- I think he rides. When the track's really ruddy like that, he always seems to excel. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to races like Seattle and San Francisco, and right. you, could all, you could just count on him being near the front when the track was really technical and ruddy like that. So yeah, wasn't wasn't that surprising. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that, uh, Jimmy? Think about what? Davey Millsaps and riding well oh, on the Davey, track. I mean... I... He's riding better for sure. I don't think he's meeting expectations about even even this weekend. You know, like going into the year, everyone thought that he'd be a guy, one of those guys that could, you know, easily go out there and win a race with a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I definitely wouldn't have had Sealy, you know, beating him. Yeah. And, you know, or Pike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's definitely it's better. You can't ask for everything and, you know, go from being 10th place to mm-hmm. the first place. So it's all in steps, you know. He's, right. That's good that he got fit this weekend, and hopefully he can improve from there by the end of the, yeah. by the, end of the season, you know, maybe maybe knocking on the door of podiums. Josh Grant was good. Uh, I, I thought uh, that the track didn't suit Josh, you know, um, JT, but he, he, was, he, was, he was good. Yeah, I think he's just been building. He's been pretty good every weekend. Yeah, I don't think Daytona was ideal, but yeah. he's certainly been getting better and better. So uh, I just think he's trying to put in consistent results and, and try to improve slowly instead of just going out there and, and going crazy and trying mm-hmm. to do something stupid. So 
Oh, hey, dude, certainly been better than it was. By the way, too, Blake Baggett fastest lap on the, in the main event. Pretty surprising. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, fastest lap, right? Impressive. I don't know when it yeah, was. He, but... he looked good, right when, um, right after Trey got around him. Mm-hmm. I was watching Trey. Um, man, he went. He Trey put a gap on him, and then I could have swore, like, man, Baggett's coming. <laughs> right. And I thought that Trey was riding bad, and I looked, and Trey was catching the leaders. So I kind of I knew that Baggett was riding well because. I remember seeing that point right before he went down in the corner before the Razorback. He uh, he was ripping. Razorback? What's a Razorback? I don't know. Gazerback. It's like the thing, you know what section I'm talking about, where they jumped on the table and then chased off and then tripled. Yeah, that's that's just a dragon. You've never heard it called a Razorback. No, that's Dragon's a, back. Whatever, that's, whatever they call them in Canada. I don't know. <laughs> JT, can I get a can I get a ruling on this? Uh, Razorback. I feel like we knew what he was talking about. But a razor. Who calls it a Razorback? <laughs> Arkansas people. Yeah. Yep. Arkansas Razorbacks. JT calls it a Gatorback. He's from Florida. So. Yes. And I call yep, it a Dragonback because we, we have dragons the in Canada. Razorbacks here in, right. in the Midwest. And we got dragons in Canada, so we say Dragonback. <laughs> yes. Uh, um. <sighs> all right. Uh, what else in the 450 main event? Uh, did I miss anything? Uh, Chisholm twelfth, um, uh, Way fourteenth. Um, the de- definitely a l- little bit of lack of depth this weekend. Jimmy, you went what out. What place did Partridge get? Partridge got sixteenth. Mm. He was up there for yeah. A while. He ran up there for a while, and at the one point in the race, I was like, you know, when it kind of gets stale, you're like, oh well, who's well, what's the way you doing in the back? And I saw Partridge was um, was running good. I'm like, damn, that's pretty yeah. good for because he usually fades off pretty quick so it yeah. looks like he's getting a little bit better fitness wise so yeah he he can go fast Kyle Partridge has speed he's qualified 13th 14th 15th oh, a no, lot of time he qualified 10th this weekend yeah yeah qualifying so. one lap speed from Kyle Partridge is not a problem at all so 16th yeah. i think i think that's his best finish of the year though in 16th yeah so. no that's good that's good right. definitely you know, we're stepping in the right direction i uh i had Heath Harrison for the main event JT and he was looking strong and then I don't know so what happened. Strong. And Alex Ray, too. I had Alex Ray for the main. And his bike let go in the LCQ. Well, not only that, and he gets passed in the last corner of the semi. Yeah, too. by Jason Anderson. Again. Yeah, Anderson yeah. Making, a con- making more contact. <laughs> Actually, making though, more I, contact. I thought, that, right. I thought that was fine, though, that move in the semi. No, that was fine. Yeah, Alex you got to do should have been mad. Uh, he was, Alex Ray, like, kind of threw a little bit of a fit. He should have been mad for that. The only person he should have been... Right, yeah, that himself. Exactly, exactly. But I really Anderson hit a hit or was hit by a lot of people this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was very eventful yeah. weekend. He hit a Cowie. He hit a Honda. He hit a Suzuki. A Suzuki hit him. Yeah, Suzuki hit him. Right. Uh, yeah. Then and also too, he he, he had uh, mechanical issues uh, after the crash with Weimer, so he, like he had to pull out. So, like he know. didn't hit a Husky though. No, he did not. There might have not ever been another Husky on the track. Ben, ben LeMay. Oh, wait, no, wait, there is. Ben LeMay. Ben LeMay. His Husky probably wanted to hit him. Did you guys, <laughs> did you guys see Ben LeMay's... He's running me into stuff. Did you guys see Ben LeMay's side numbers? Yes, was, they were uh, the go- ugliest numbers I've ever seen. What's going on with that? I don't know. <laughs> I pointed that out to numerous people during the day. I, I saw him. He, I know what actually went on. He said his graphic company uh, mixed up the colors on his That's side That's no excuse but... for having a number on your airbox. They look like <laughs> they look like the N style eighty CC numbers, like when you had an eighty and N style. He had it. He had it all the way at the front, like 
He kind of did. <laughs> I feel like he was covering up vents for the airbox. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't, Not only does it look ugly, mean. it's actually hindering performance. <laughs> right. <laughs> that I, I watched Ben LeMay uh, for a while, man. His his Husqvarna does not look like it's working too well. <laughs> I don't know who's doing a suspension or anything like that, but I was a few times where I was just like, cool. I think off the track. I think <laughs> he's before you get bucked over the bars. Yeah, I don't think he's got a lot of test time on it because he told me. No, like, I don't think he does either. He's yeah, still trying to figure it out. Comfortable at all with it. Um, all right, let's take a commercial break here on the uh, BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, and uh, listen to this commercial from Race Tech. Race Tech official suspension of Ben Lemay, everybody. So uh, we'll listen to this commercial and come right back. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> Oh, terrible. Oh, Albertson. All right, listen to this commercial. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru, I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech High Performance Springs. These springs are called High Performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. All right, and we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. We actually didn't go anywhere. We stayed on the phone, all of us. Golly. Good job. I, I, I do this every time I'm on. You I did it. Yeah, you did. But look, no, look, he it. hasn't had any testing time. He really hasn't. He, he, he's been struggling to try. His motor was stock. It's, they threw some suspension together, WP stuff. Like, you know, you got to figure all his Yamaha settings, nothing works, you know what I mean, as far as like... No, no, nothing to, works at all, for try, sure. Trying to make it uh, work well. So, um, all right, 250 class. I guess, it, JT, it starts and ends with Marvin Muskin. God, he killed him this weekend, just destroyed them. Just, what was his yeah, margin? Yeah, I, you know, I felt like I'm looking once at his he won Daytona, uh, bad news for the rest of the guys, because oh. that was the one race I, was, I had a, kind of circled. 22 seconds he yeah, won by. Martin. 22 seconds. Well, when everybody else crashes multiple times, that's kind of what's, what you're going to get. You know, Savachi's bike broke, Bogle went off the track, then crashed after that again. Mm-hmm. The third best guy, well, in points, uh, didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, you know, Jimmy, that's what's generally going to happen. Jimmy, there's something going on with Jeremy Martin mentally, right? Like, he crashed in the heat, and that happens, goes to the LCQ, gets a whole shot, is leading, then the red flag comes out. Then he kind of doesn't get a start, but he's nah. still okay. He's like sixth, you know? It's okay. He's got to get in the top four. And then he crashes again. Like, I don't know. It's got to be something. I like Jeremy. He's my friend. But, man, I mean, that was that was one of the stupidest crashes I've ever seen in the LCQ. Well, um, why he was 
two laps in a row trying to blitz the whoops like that when dude, there was no need to. No. Uh, you no, know, the there heat was, race was almost as bad. You know, I saw the the first crash in the heat race at the tail end of it where he crashed and he just got squirrely in him. And then I, I heard on the last lap, uh, I'm not sure what the guy's name was, but the guy who qualified in uh, for ninth place in the heat race just cleaned him out. Taylor Potter. Yeah, Taylor Potter. Taylor Potter. And just freaking, and, you know, that's just how it is. A final position, you know, like. Hey, yeah. you know you're gonna you're gonna get taken down on the last lap. But as far as the LCQ goes, that crash, like the lap before, literally, I'm like, oh man, that was so lucky he didn't go down. Mm-hmm. And then he does the exact same thing the next lap. Like, dude, just get into the freaking race. Especially for for him, he knows better because last year he didn't qualify for two, the first two races. No, it's like no. he's been down that road before. He should have known. Okay, I just need to chill out. And I just need to get fourth. Yep. I, wrote, I actually wrote about this today for a column tomorrow, just the whole thing. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was watching that after winning a championship last summer and learning, he's been through this, you know, like he should know how to handle these situations. And he just, he, I mean, everything you could do wrong to panic and do, make the wrong decision, he kind of did. And it was, it was frustrating to watch. I know that. It was one of those things where I know that you probably thought the same thing. Whenever he just dumped the clutch and just like you, you could tell he's just bearing it into the whoops. He's like, "All right, we're going for it." Yeah. You know the the speed he had the first three whoops. I'm just like, this is not going to go good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Sure enough, you just see the back end start dancing, and then it's over. You know, he's in the hay bales and crashed. You know, one of the guys that one of the guys that I saw figure it out fast was Seeley. Start jumping through the whoops. I saw Seeley doing it, and and guys were having trouble, and they were getting bucked, and the whoops were breaking down. And Cole early on was like, you know what, I'm just jumping. And JT, you know all about jumping mm-hmm. through the whoops. I mean, well, yeah, and I think uh, I heard people during track walk even saying like, yeah, we'll be jumping these, you know, come main event time, like like really good guys. So yeah, yeah. I think they knew in the back of their mind. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where, like, when is the, when is the line? Right, when does it become slower? You know, and yeah. I, I think they're all trying to sort that out. But for, I, I just, for Martin, he didn't need to blitz. He could have jumped. Like, no oh, problem. Yeah. He was in fifth or sixth right there. And it's just, he could have like, rolled why would the you take that chance? Qualified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, um, he could have rolled them. You know, Jimmy, for as, as dominant as Marvin has been, you know, four wins out of five races, he's got a second in the other one. And he's been great. Your buddy Bogle, uh, he's got podiums in every race. And you know what? He is just uh, 16 points back of Marvin. Like if disaster strikes Muscan, just like last year, Bogle's keeping himself in this game. No, for sure. I mean, he's still definitely in the championship hunt big time. And to be on the podium every single race is that's awesome. You know, yeah. I think he's having a much better season than he had last year. Obviously, a little bit more prepared than he was last year, even though he came into this year with injury as well. But I think his injury last year was a little bit worse coming into the season, yeah. um, being a back injury. But, I mean, it's one of those things. I think if Justin could have came in completely healthy and with as much, because Marvin's really had the perfect off season, He's had a lot of time to prepare. If Justin could have that time, I think definitely super cross-wise, he could have been up more his pace and ready mm-hmm. to battle him every weekend for wins, but, I mean, honestly, I think if he keeps on improving like he has been, his times in practice have been getting closer to where he's qualifying, closer to him, and his pace is getting closer to him. So, 
you know, it might be too little too late, but like you said, all it takes is one mistake. Like last year, I mean, he got it gifted to him last year, but that's just how it is, you know, like that's the sport. Yeah, it's a gift, but at the end of the day, like that's part of it. You can't say, oh, yeah, well, he won the championship and it's a fluke or whatever. Well, it's never a fluke anybody won the championship. you got to be freaking good to be in that position. Does, so. it, does that count for my Manitoba titles? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Let's check. Um, hey, JT, uh, Hampshire had a rough opening round at Dallas, won a heat race in Daytona, uh, got on a box this weekend. Jordan Smith had a rough opening round in Atlanta, didn't qualify. That kid came through the pack uh, this weekend to get fourth. Both of those Geico kids are, are right now on an upswing. Well, yeah, and, and you know, RJ's had two good weekends in a row. Jordan's getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is their rookie season. You know, there was no pressure on them. No one expected them to go out there and to win anything. So, uh, you know, they have their championship guy in Bogle uh, that's expected to win and be on the podium every single time. So, yeah, it's just go out there and do the best you can and learn. And, uh, you know, your year is next year to – to be the guy, so they're both they're both getting better and making improvements, which mm-hmm. is all you can really ask for. Jordan Smith is not scared either. No, He's not scared. No, no, no. Um, golly, you ain't kidding about that. <laughs> golly, he said. Uh, golly, Almighty, I've Cunningham fifth. Good for oh. Cunningham. Good, a good ride for Cunningham. His best of the year. Um, Dakota sixth. Good job by him. Hey, the Hondas. Uh, by the way, they were second through um, through tenth. So, but does that count? Because Freeze is on an MCR bike, so I wonder. Does, technically, does that? Do we Wait, count? No, the, he's on a Honda. It's, he's it's on MC, a Honda motorcycle. It's on an yeah. MCR. There's a Honda VIN number. That bike came from Japan from uh, Honda. I don't care what they want to call it. They prefer Honda. to call it the MCR. Yeah. I don't care what they prefer. Okay, That's fine. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like Moto Concept CR F. Um, that makes sense. Hey Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, this is a guy. I can call my my GMC truck a you know the, a NASA space shuttle, but it's still a GMC truck. It doesn't matter how yeah. crazy I am and what I choose to call it. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a very good point. I like the I like to call my cell phone a time teleportation device. <laughs> <laughs> but nope, it, it, still an iPhone. Yep, six. still just an iPhone. <laughs> a noise. It's a noise tele. Right. Teleportation. Um, anyway. Hey Jimmy, this is a guy you know well that uh, is doing pretty well. Colt Nichols, he's putting in some good results. Yeah, no, he rode good this weekend. He's another guy. And he, I don't know what it is, uh, Oklahoma guys, but he needs a better start too. Um, he started way back on the first lap, and he ended up uh, coming through well. Um, he got eighth this weekend, which is top his first top ten ever. And you know, he's a good rider. I mean, I've always known that he's a uh, he's going to be good. Um, I've watched him ride with Trey and Bogle all the time, and He's got super good skill and talent on the bike, so I, I expect to see more out of him, more and more out of him throughout the season, too. JT, we have the Mafia Moto Crew, and we have West Kane Mafia. Okay. Do we have an Oklahoma Mafia? And is Jimmy in it because he's not yeah, from Oklahoma? Yeah, Johnny Sickos. Okay, but yeah, is Johnny But Yeah. What? But, Jimmy, you're not from Oklahoma. Not originally. So can you is, be – Is West Kane from West Caneville? <laughs> no, but I just feel like I don't, I don't know. Um, knowing Wes, he might have tried to name a town after himself. I would say. Hey, Mitchell Oldenburg, Jimmy, you know anything about him? Yeah, a little bit. 
he had a he had a rough weekend. He's fast. He has to just stay up though, huh? Golly, I he mean, was two laps away from getting like seventh. Two laps away. Yeah, there is no. I mean, he would have been sixth. Right? He was charging there at the end, but he he used so much energy in that main event. I mean, I it took him ten laps to figure out the whoops. And he tried wheel tap and everything, and he's just like going from side to side. Lucky no one was side by side with him going through the whoops some of the laps. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he bounced off the left side hay bales, right. he bounced off the right side hay bales, and he rolled the triple one lap. Um, and he just, you know, he just looked nervous out there for the first ten laps, and mm-hmm. he got. I mean, he went from like ninth to sixth, and then back to ninth, and then he's back up to seventh, and then that's when he. Um, he was trying to make a move on Peters. Right. Uh, trying to make a move on Peters, and he ended up, uh, Kyle got a little bit squirrely and um, shot right before the whoops and cleaned out uh, cleaned out Mitchell's front end. It was just a racing incident. It wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal or anything like that. But yeah. Mitchell went down over the blind side of a jump. He had to wait, wait until everybody passed until he was able to pick his bike up. So, um, but, you know, that was yeah. two laps to go. Um like I said, if he could have just figured the whoops out early and a couple other little things, I mean, he, he could have been, that could have been a top five race for him easy. Um, you know, it was kind of all bad, bad as a team. Um, he, his bike ended up breaking on the, in the first practice. And I don't like when stuff like that happens because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of probably made him a little bit nervous, and, but we got him going and, you know, he, um, he had a, you know, pretty decent, pretty decent night other than that crash. And, you know, if he could have stayed up and got seventh or sixth, that would have been good for him. Oh, but, for sure. When you look at the guys um, around him, know. when you look at the guys around him and what they're making and the kind of rides they have, that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's not too bad at all. So we're, you know, we're happy with them and everything's, yeah. everything's rolling around good. I'm going to try to, we're going to try to get him, um, you know, obviously we want him for the future and, um, you know, we'll keep on working with him. So that's kind of going to be our project next couple of weeks weeks is to get a, a little bit of a program set up, right. um, you know, set up for the future for him. And, and, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, we just need to, need to get him working in the whoops a little bit better because, um, shoot, you know, with the crash of Atlanta too and the whoops, and then, um, he had a couple crash, he had a crash of the whoops this weekend as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, in practice. So, you know, that's kind of right now is his only weak point that's, uh, you know, you know how it is. If you struggle with one section on the track, it screws you up around the whole other part of the track too, because the whole time you're thinking about like, damn it, I suck really bad here. And then like, all of a sudden you're two corners from it and you're thinking about it. And you're not able to focus on the whole track. So JT, I, we'll get them dialed in though. I got a couple of different things that, you know, I've got ideas for working on with, with them this week and, you know, we'll come out at Detroit swinging. JT, when it comes to Mitchell Oldenburg, I kind of have Mitch Payton's saying in the back of my head, you know? We can work with speed? Yeah. 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 He's got it. I've like, been big on Oldenburg all season. I watched him at the first the first practice at Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, yeah, he's fast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm, he, I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. He, he, I'm bummed out he got that concussion at Atlanta, too, because he was that fast. first practice, oh, yeah. and even in the first part of the second practice, I was like, this is the guy I watch ride every, watch ride every day. Like, yeah. this is this is the dude that everybody that I see that everybody else needs to see. And, you know, not only did he have one 
lap time that would have put him in first, but he his second fastest lap time of that first practice would have also been better than everybody else's. So, yeah. I mean, he was just mowing off at a pace, and he's one of those kids that if he's comfortable doing it for one lap, he can do it every lap. Like, um, you know, I've watched him out of a practice track, and that's, you know, why I, I kind of I wasn't bummed out or anything, but, like, I'm kind of sitting back going, man, okay, he's got a lot more in the tank even when people are are pumped on him, you know. Right. I'm still like, I know, you know, the sky's the limit for him. So hopefully, uh, you know, whether or not it happens, you know, this weekend, next weekend, right. or next year, I think it's it's going to happen. He uh, is, He's from Texas, but he's originally from Minnesota. Does he claim Minnesota at all, or is he full Texas? No, um, you know, he claims both. I mean, he's okay. really just kind of, kind of whatever. He's not a diehard Texan like anybody, you know. Okay, all right. <laughs> like, Jay. JT, we're, we're filling out our fantasy, Moto Dynasty fantasy things, Chase and I. Yep. And A-Rod and Nick Gaines' names came up. And I'm like, on this track, there is no chance those two guys stay up. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dick, but they will make mistakes. And sure enough, well, they, they did. Yeah, I mean, it sucks to say that about somebody, No, but you're probably right. No, it's just they're fast. But they a little sketchy, and on tracks like that, it, it bites you. So, well, I showed you the the video of Nick Gaines crashing in practice, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So, <laughs> not uh, surprising. Uh, hey, Joey Savacci, man, pro circuit, not good. Third place. Did the bike bo- did the bike break? Yeah, bike broke. Okay, yeah, bike broke. So, not good. Um, Jason Owen tenth. Good for Jason Owen. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. No doubt. For sure, his and best Kyle, main event, I would think, ever. And Kyle Peters, seventh, backing up his Daytona finish, which was good. So good job by Kyle Peters. Yeah, I watched him and Cunningham. They were kind of going back and forth, and Peters actually went up and passed him, and then Cunningham kind of regrouped and went back past all those guys. So, it uh, uh, yeah. It was one of those races where you just, just stay up, like not, you know, just don't put try to put consistent laps together. Try yeah, and I don't think that's their strong suit, either <laughs> no, of those two. No, no, not at all. So, um, good job by them. Martin Dowell's had a rough race, too. Whew. Crash like three times. How happy did that make you? It doesn't make me happy. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't make me happy. Okay. Um. All right. Anything else? What else? Is that it? On the uh, BTOSports.com Racer X podcast, Indianapolis review. Anything? Anything else, Jimmy? You'll be uh, team manager now for the rest of the year, probably. Um, yep. Cheering on. I'll be Mitchell. Swinging, I'll be swinging times up in the tower with the other team managers. Yeah, so, yeah. He will not because weekend. he will be missing the next two rounds. Yes, I will actually. <laughs> and then uh and then after that I'll be um I'll No, be Steve up. Steve won't, I'm sorry. Oh, Steve will. Oh yeah, I yeah. Say, I I'm I'm gonna miss this next one so I'll be obviously be fresh out of surgery, so uh I'm um, not going to the next likely. Yeah, I'm not going to the next two races. I'm yeah, not Yeah, and then you got a weekend off after that, so uh-huh. basically you're quitting. Yeah, that's like it. Semi-retired. I'm yeah, quitting. semi-retired. It's you're it, retiring, kind of like a lot of motocrossers do. Honestly, missing when, two. When they week, decide they're not going to ride for a little bit. Missing two weeks in a row will probably be. I mean, the first time I missed two races in a row, I don't even know when. I don't even. Maybe you know what? One one year, Red Dog was hurt, and I stayed home for a little while. But uh, so that would have been you know ten years ago or something. So technically, me and you are both retiring. Yeah, yeah, I'm retiring right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and you both, we're done, but no, I don't know. JT's, Maybe it'll be a comeback. JT's just bringing it up because he's jealous. He's jealous. I'm shocked. I, I, well, I feel like I need to let the fans know. I mean, this is 
Well, I'm not going to pretend I'm at the races. They'll know. I'm not going to say, hey, here I am. Well, it happens. <laughs> Good point. It does happen. Yeah. It, does, it has happened. <laughs> it happened. But uh, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy my weekend off. Uh, I didn't want to go to to St. Louis because of the break. I thought it'd be nice to have two weeks off. And then I thought, you know what? Detroit's not that good either. It's really not. The pits suck. It's terrible. It's hard to get there. And the downtown core is lacking amenities to say the least. So, um, yeah, I'm okay with uh, being home. So, um, all right, everybody. That's it. Jimmy, thanks for your help, man. Good stuff. Always always like having you on for sure. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thank you to JT, and uh, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you. See you. All right. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.